This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. What I'm holding right now is the notice from the FDIC right now, in essence saying what you just did, that California banking regulators have moved to now shut down Silicon Valley Bank. It is the largest bank meltdown since the global financial crisis over a decade ago. Following the shutdown of Silicon Valley Bank, the federal regulators have taken control of its deposits. The FDIC says insured depositors will be able to access money by Monday morning. But standard insurance only protects up to $250,000 per person. You know who I brought in to break this down with me? My partner, Ali Belshi. We're going to start with this. Let's just walk our audience through how this started. Okay. Silicon Valley Bank has been around forever, but it is the bank for startups, yep. right? It is the bank for all of Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. During COVID, we saw a huge influx of investment into startups. Yep. This bank ballooned in the amount of deposits it had, almost $200 billion. They said, what are we going to do with it? They decided to invest in mortgage-backed securities when interest rates were super low. Right. So, of course, interest rates go up. Yep. The value of those securities plummet. Mm-hmm. So they say, oh, we got a shortfall. What are we going to do? Right. And instead of privately figuring this out... They go out in the markets and they say, we're going to raise capital. And what does it do? Spooks the markets, spooks investors right around the time when a crypto bank goes under. The collapse of the neoliberal order, which is predicated upon the slave labor of China, the Lao Beijing, gives us an opportunity to throw off the chains of working class people everywhere. Right. Regardless of race or or gender or um, or uh, religion. Right. Um, and we have a unique opportunity to do that in this. And uh, and that's going to come. That's why populism is on the rise. And particularly, that's why right wing when I'm proud to be a right wing populist, that's why right wing populism is on the rise. So uh, Min Liang Tan, co-founder and CEO of Razor, tweeted, I think Twitter should buy SVB and become a digital bank. Elon Musk replied, I'm open to the idea. Seems a bit silly. I don't know. How would you? What would you think about that? If I mean, would that be I a think bailout? until Elon Musk starts letting back on the most, uh, the true anti-CCP people that he keeps blocked off there, myself included. Not that I want to really? go on there. Oh yeah, no, no, no. He's owned. He's owned by the Chinese Communist Party. What are you talking about? Tesla. His only sense, of, only thing of real value is Tesla. He he mar- uses it for margin loans. He sells the stock. The Shanghai joint venture is a hundred percent controlled by the CCP. This is I why. Made- this is why he never goes after the CCP. This is why he always backs off. This is when they had the the protest. They had the protest about the lockdowns of COVID. He w- he will not do it. Elon Musk is a total and complete phony. He is in bed in a business partner. He's done some good stuff, letting stuff out, uh, you know, with Taibbi and others. It's fine. But he is owned, lock, stock, and barrel by the Chinese Communist Party, and he acts like it. The, right? the, there was a story recently that they warned him to stop talking about lab leak. 
100%. He's got, and, and he, I think there was another They want him to take down the tweets he did the first right. time. Now, he didn't take them down, but you notice he didn't have any more up there after that. And I wonder if he said, okay, I won't tweet more about it. But here's, here's the issue I see with the CCP in the United States, and if the United States falters, if this fourth By the way, the CCP, Chinese companies are all in this, this, uh, the Silicon Valley Bank. Oh, yeah. That's another thing they're Silicon already talking about. We think maybe up to a third the, of those, those innovative companies may be CCP. Okay, uh, Saturday, 11 March, Year of Our Lord, 2023. Uh, a little bit on fire from yesterday, the uh, Silicon Valley Bank. We're getting into this, the collapse of one of the biggest financial institutions in the country, uh, the second biggest bank failure in the history of this nation. The biggest was during the 2008 financial collapse. The question, two questions, or is it cont- three questions? Number one, why did it happen directly related to Biden's economic and financial policies directly? Number two, is there really going to be a contagion here? Is it systemic and going to spread? And number three, how big a bailout are they going to come to MAGA? Are they going to come to the MAGA Republicans in the House this week? Because, ladies and gentlemen, there's $169 billion of uninsured, uninsured deposits. Let me repeat that. There's $169 billion of uninsured deposits. The, the, these are all the companies, the startups. Uh, but by the way, just also the, the the hedge funds and the venture capital guys, and the insurers only up to two fifty. This is an absolute catastrophe. They're going to come looking for a bailout. But the CCP's hands are all over this, and of course Elon Musk uh, out last night uh, trying to defend himself after I called him out because he's a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party, and everybody knows this. Everybody in the Intel business knows this. Everybody knows that Elon Musk is 100% owned by his paymasters in Beijing. And uh, we're going to get into that and much more about what's happening with this collapse of uh, big tech, the economic policies that drove it, what's going to happen, how it's going to impact you. First, I want to bring in Colonel Derek Harvey. Colonel Harvey, I should say the revered Colonel Derek Harvey, uh, was the uh, was a chief of staff over for Devin Nunez. Cash Patel was the general counsel, and then Derek Harvey uh, was over there with Devin Nunez. He also worked in the White House directly for President Trump and the National Security Council. He's one of the smartest. He's one of the smartest uh, guys uh, that we have. I want to thank him for uh, coming in here Saturday morning, disrupting his plans and obviously his family. Colonel Harvey, just a, a, a question for you: Is there any doubt in your mind, given that you've dedicated your life? to uh, the national security of your beloved country, the United States of America. Is there any doubt in your mind that the Chinese Communist Party is at war with the United States and her citizens, sir? There is no doubt in my mind that China's goal is to dominate the world. And to do that, they have to displace the United States. That's it, period. And they're going to do that because... They're putting all their effort into an across-the-board approach, economically, militarily, scientifically, in the information realm, and diplomatically, in ways that the United States is just not competing in the last 20 years. And we continue to finance it, too. And that's the problem, okay? And that's where we're at, Steve, unfortunately. The the, 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 the the magnificent uh, magnum opus of the two Chinese colonel, one which is a major general today, written in the mid-90s off about the technology of the Gulf War, but really their battle plan, their blueprint called Unrestricted Warfare, which essentially says if you have to fight the foreign devils kinetically, 
uh, we've kind of lost. We, we don't need to do that because there's other, there's other ways we do this. One of the big ways is technology and capital. It is, is it given your understanding of intelligence, of strategy, of spending your career doing this, is there any doubt in your mind that the Chinese Communist Party has totally not just infiltrated Silicon Valley, right, in the venture capital funds, right, and all these businesses, but are really an active partner, an active, but not even a junior partner, an active co-partner with much of Silicon Valley in the financial infrastructure in Silicon Valley, sir? I think that's correct. They have really worked really hard over the last number of years, 20 years or so, to um, not only invest in all the startups, but to leverage their financial clout on one hand to invest in the technology areas of the United States, but also to co-opt the venture capitalists and Wall Street to underwrite their efforts in research and R&D in quantum computing, in biosciences, and across the whole range of tech areas to enable their efforts to militarily and economically secure the leadership role in the world. And we've got our big tech folks, everybody from Bloomberg and others, working with them, um, Ken Griffin, Tesla, uh, with, with Elon Musk, GM, all of them are working to do that. And it's just undermining our efforts across the board. They, they are investing in the United States to gain access to technology and our secrets. It provides a great platform for them. And they are allowing sweetheart deals um, for U.S. financiers and, and uh, business interests, be it Boeing, GM, etc. But every time they engage with us, they use their laws and their control to gain access to more and more of our technology and our secrets. You cannot enter into the Chinese market without giving up your technology. No matter how hard each company tries to protect it, they eventually give it up. Ray Dahlia, uh, Steve Schwartzman, Larry Fink, Ken Griffin, three of the oligar- four of the oligarchs on Wall Street, four of the biggest, uh, are up to their necks in uh, investments in China and with the CCP and cross-border. Also, Elon Musk and Tesla is a wholly owned. Let me repeat this, make sure Elon Musk understands quite uh, straightforwardly what we know about him. He is, he is a wholly owned subsidiary of the gangsters in Beijing and everybody in the intelligence business, everybody in the national security business, everybody in the financial business understands this. Also, Sequoia Capital. Is Sequoia Capital just essentially a front for the Chinese, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful venture capital firm in, 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 uh, in, uh, on Sand Hill Road in, uh, in Palo Alto? Are they not essentially a front for Chinese Communist Party involvement into Silicon Valley, sir? Absolutely correct. We investigated Sequoia Capital at the U.S. at the House Intelligence Committee. And we determined that it was our number one priority uh, because of the way the Chinese government and Chinese uh, interests with Neil Shen working as a leadership uh, partner of Sequoia Capital America. That partnership there between the Chinese government, Sequoia Capital China and Sequoia Capital United States was critical to China infiltrating across the board in the tech sector in Silicon Valley, and then to draw in 
through Ch Sequoia Capital, Wall Street, big banks, other venture capitalists in sweetheart deals to fund the efforts in China and Chinese efforts to build their technology, to build their military would not have succeeded as much as it has without the collaboration of American venture capitalists like Sequoia and Wall Street financiers, basically selling out America for short-term gains. Uh, Colonel Harvey, uh, given the Chinese education system and the, just the way it's, it's really about rote, the uh, magnificence of the innovation and uh, technology, uh, um, uh, cutting-edge technology that the United States of America is able to produce, is there any chance that China could compete with us on a commercial basis, on a business basis, on a military basis, unless they were deeply involved financially into Silicon Valley and essentially stealing our technology that the American uh, pension funds and American ven f finance, venture capital, American backed private equity, and the American citizens are actually paying for? Is there any chance they could compete with us at any level unless they literally came in and stole that technology, sir? There's no, no chance that they could have gotten to where they are today. Um, and going forward, they still depend upon access to our cutting-edge technology, our R&D, be it in universities or in Silicon Valley with our, our, our major tech companies. That's the critical element to them. And the minimum estimates for what they've been stealing in our intellectual property each year is about $300 billion or more, some estimates as high as four or $500 billion. Now, that's quite a range. They would not have their stealth fighter, their newest stealth fighter that, that you know, challenges America. They wouldn't have their aircraft carrier capabilities that they have without having accessed and stolen the technology from the United States. In fact, our own government has subsidized research in China to include the Wuhan's lab, laboratory center. At Colonel Harvey, just hang on for one second. I, I, I really appreciate you taking time away from the family on a Saturday. We're doing this at the last second. We're going to take a short break. Colonel Derek Harvey's going to join us. Also, Natalie Winters. Natalie, we're going to get down to the bottom of what the U.S. government's been funding in partnership. Elon Musk, let me repeat this, brother. You are a wholly owned subsidiary and a running dog of the Chinese Communist Party. On the 100th anniversary of this murderous dictatorship, you put out a tweet and praised them. It's worse than praising the Nazis. They're the most murderous dictatorship in the history of mankind. You are a wholly owned subsidiary, and everybody knows it. Next, in the war room. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. <clears throat> You're seeing the collapse, and this is what Silicon Valley Bank represents, and also this deal that was cut uh, on Friday in Beijing, right, by our mortal enemies, the Chinese Communist Party, with the mullahs and the ayatollahs in Persia and Tehran, and quote-unquote our allies, quote-unquote, in Saudi Arabia. These are long-term output deals for their oil and gas, so now we're going to net carbon zero. We don't need it. Um, they're cutting long-term deals, and they're going to convert – they're going to use uh, the Chinese currency – they're not going to convert it into dollars. They're trying to destroy the U.S. dollar as the prime reserve currency, and in doing that, destroy the United States of America financially. Uh, also, you've seen the geopolitics of getting sucked into the, 
the war in Ukraine as they prepare for a kinetic conflict in the South China Sea, the Straits of Taiwan, in, uh, in an air naval blockade and maybe even an amphibious takeover, a landing and takeover of Taiwan. Uh, so we're at war. They're at war with us and been at war with us for many, many years. Um, Josh Rogan's book, uh, Chaos Under Heaven, which is still the best book. He's the, uh, the does the reported column in The Washington Post. Still the best book ever done about President Trump and she and their fights, uh, said that I was not part of the hardliner group. I was not part of the realist group. I was not part, obviously, of the accommodationist Wall Street group, that I headed up a group that was unique in American political history, particularly inside the government. It was called the Superhawks because we questioned the legitimacy of the Chinese Communist Party to even be the government of the Chinese people going back to 1949 and all the way through. They are simply the most murderous dictatorship in the history of the world. And the murderous dictatorship has all been on Lao Beijing, all been on the Chinese people. And now, because we're in the beginning stages of the kinetic part of the Third World War, and you're seeing the collapse of the neoliberal financial system all around you, okay, it is time now to call out the traitors and to call out the people that are collaborationists. Because we're not going to win this war until we start looking at reality, Colonel Harvey. Um, is we just asked about the we just asked about the uh, about the uh, technology. They, they, I just want to make sure there is no chance they could be anywhere on a business basis, a commercial basis, a military basis, any basis whatsoever. And and, the, and it's not stealing the technology. We essentially give them the technology. The range is three hundred billion to six hundred billion per year, and many of the companies are going to get to in a second. Absolutely do that, but I want to f- focus on on Musk and. Uh, and what, let me ask you about this, Sequoia, for a second. This these investigations uh, at House Intelligence and other committees that look at Sequoia Capital understand they're just a front for the Chinese Communist Party and other aspects of this of the CCP's financing and as deep into Silicon Valley in our industri- in our industrial base and military industrial base. These investigations are really thwarted most of the time by establishment Republicans or neocon Republicans that don't want to go there. Am I incorrect on that, sir? I think you're absolutely correct. Um, someone like Mike Turner, the current head of the House Intelligence Committee, shut down the China investigations that um, Devin Nunes had undertaken to include the investigation on Sequoia Capital, but also other Wall Street firms. And also, as we began to branch out to understand how the Securities and Exchange Commission and other uh, arms of our government were not actually doing their job to pursue uh, what we thought to be criminal activities in, in the marketplace. Um, so that that's part of it. And then you look at the at the leadership of McConnell and others. Every step of the way, they have blocked, you know, initiatives, you know, on the Senate side and on the House side, whether it's Representative McCall on, on foreign affairs. You know, we have been blocked every step of the way to really get after the core issues. They're fine with with putting out, you know, developing a, a shiny you know object for us to look at sound bites, media clips, you know, those things are where they're, they're willing to go. But when it comes to really getting after the issues with hard investigations, with the subpoenas and the many depositions that you need to get at the truth, 
they're not willing to go there. Uh, and by, by the way, we pray that uh, Mike Gallagher, the Marine, uh, has the toughness and the fortitude to do this. I believe I believe in this young man a lot. I just hope it's not some, uh, you know, geopolitical analysis that gets to it. But let me ask you, because I've been criticized since Elon Musk and I got into it last night. Uh, I've been criticized by some, you know, on our side of the football saying, Steve, leave him alone. This is not that important because we have the Twitter files. Is, is it your <clears throat> is it your belief right now that the Twitter files is anything because he bought a crime scene? He bought a crime scene. Is it your belief as we stand today and even given Matt Taby and some of these heroes are coming forward that the Twitter files have really amounted to that much or kind of as Lisa stands right now with the information he's let bleed out is essentially the classic shiny toy diversion from the heart of the matter, sir? Well, it's, it's great that we've got there because it gives us a roadmap to where we need to go. But the weaponization committee under Jim Jordan needs to take those issues that are, are developed there and follow the trail into the FBI, follow the trail into DOJ, into DHS, into the Director of National Intelligence Office, CIA, and others that were trying to shape and censor okay, real information and violate the civil rights of Americans. And unfortunately, the weaponization committee is not staffed. They've not brought in 30, 40, 50 people. They have not even brought in five people to lead the investigations there. And until we get after it with serious work, with the depositions and the subpoenas, and then going after accountability with criminal referrals, we're not going to get work to where we need to go because we need to follow these leads into each of these agencies and to hold individuals and the institutions themselves accountable. And that hard work, I'm afraid, is not being resourced, staffed, or well-led at this point. The two financiers of the Twitter acquisition, and I know this because representatives of Elon Musk reached out to me to see if I knew any hedge fund guys or high net worth individuals that would be interested in participating in the financing, of which I said, not interested, don't send an NDA, not interested, the deal is a terrible deal, and nobody I would know would, would go in, and particularly the fact it's a terrible deal, and only the CCP will finance it. The CCP out of the Tesla joint venture, right, with his stock and his margin call, his margin loans and all that is the way he's able to do that, and his second partner is, wait for it, Sequoia Capital a front for the Chinese Communist Party. Is, te- is Elon Musk, uh, Tesla, and other companies, uh, Elon Musk is the worst because he's a wholly owned subsidiary of the CCP, but he's not alone in actually being an American corporation whose shareholders are principally uh, a- a American pension funds and the retirees, the MAGA, right, that has basically kowtowed to Beijing and let them have access. Elon Musk has let the CCP have all access to everything that every taxpayer, every underwrit, and the sub, sub, subsidies he had in the Obama administration, all of that has been transferred to the Chinese Communist Party. In addition, people shouldn't miss the fact there's no Twitter in China for Lao Beijing. He's, his paymasters in Beijing will not allow him to launch Twitter as a free speech platform for Lao Beijing, the Chinese people. Am I correct in saying that he's a wholly owned subsidiary and but there are other major American corporations that have essentially given the Chinese Communist Party all of their core technology, sir? 
Well, I don't think Elon Musk wants to be a wholly owned entity by the Chinese, but that unfortunately is where he's at because they control his system, the production base, the technology, and they also financially control him through you know the financial uh, machinations that have gone through to finance some of his other activities. But when we looked at it, um, if you look at Hollywood or others in the United States, China has bought into Smithfield Foods, and they wholly own Smithfield Foods and about 28 subsidiaries of Smithfield Foods. Uh, the only person who's, who's an American there is you know, the front for them, you know, the president of, and the operating officer. But if you look but, into but, China, but, but, General but, Motors— But also, but also, hold, hold, but also General Motors, Boeing, all the big, big Ford Motor, all of them, the who's who of American industry, sir. Is that not right. correct? That, that's where it's going to go. General Motors, their worldwide profits depend upon their production and their sales in China. They do not make money across the rest of the world. They depend upon the Chinese market and the partnership with other Chinese companies and the Chinese state government. Same thing with Ford Motor Company. Same thing with Apple. Same thing with Boeing. You know, these companies, you know, across the board are dependent upon China, and China has increasingly developed the leverage that they have sought over these companies. And when they get in there, the, the agreements that they have and the partnerships that they have and the board, the Chinese force Chinese people onto the boards and force these companies to share their technology. And there's no reciprocity here. The, we don't do anything like this to control the flow of our technology. CFIUS is, is weak. It needs to be enhanced. And that's what controls our flow of technology over to China and other places. But we need, also need to control the, the flow of the financial elements that are going over there to underwrite all of these entities. Yes. We are losing across Colonel the board, Harp. Steve, and our government has been sitting on their hands. Yeah. 100%. And the running dogs like Elon Musk that, that work for the CCP have been a big part of this. Colonel Harvey, uh, what is your, what's your social media? How do people follow you? Uh, I want to thank you for doing this. How do people follow you? I want to make sure everybody gets access to Colonel Derek Harvey. On, on True Social, it's at Derek Harvey. It's pretty simple. And then I'm at DerekHarvey.org. DerekHarvey.org. Let's get that in all the chat rooms. Um, Colonel Harvey, thank you for taking time away from the family to do this. They're not talking about bailing out East Palestine, Ohio, but they're talking about bailing out your betters in Silicon Valley with your money. All next in the war room. Pull out of Syria. Hmm. I don't see that coalition coming together. I don't see Will Kahana, as much as he talks about economic patriotism, putting that coalition together to have a bailout of, of East Palestine, Ohio. See, we're gonna, you guys are going to replay 2008 and 2009, where, Louis Garment, you had, you had a decision. Do we step in and have intervention and try to save this corrupt system by infusing it with taxpayer cash to bail out the elites, or do we let the contagion spread and let the devil catch the hindmost? And the problem is when you're looking into the abyss, it's a very tough call for you guys to make because they're going to sit there and go, right now we're looking into an open pit. You have no idea how deep this could go, you know, how the American financial system could collapse, how the international financial system could collapse. So you better vote 
to bail it out with taxpayer cash. So you're going to take it from people making $45,000 a year to bail out the wealthiest people on earth, and they're going to put a gun to your head. And they're going to say, okay, you're going to, you, 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 if, you don't, if you vote no and let capitalism take its, take, its, take its path, this contagion will spread. They're already talking about Is it, it a contagion or chemotherapy? That's uh, what uh, I'm trying to well, figure out. Well, that's what you're saying. We're going to get the clips up from Tim Pool. Thanks, guys. Bill Ackman, uh, you know, the big hedge fund guy who hates MAGA, hates your guts. These people all hate you. Remember that. Quote, just put out a tweet. The government has about 48 hours to fix a soon-to-be irreversible mistake by allowing Silicon Valley Bank to fail without protecting all depositors. That's $169 billion of uninsured depositors, uh, folks. The world has woken up to what an uninsured deposit is, an unsecured illiquid claim on a failed bank, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Amps in this. Monday, they won't be able to pay. Giant sucking sound you see will be this. Ba-bing, ba-bang, ba-bung. What they want to do is use your money deplorables to bail out. Look at the Daily Mail. I got this thing up. They're standing in line waiting to get their money back. The elites... And the people there that all hate you, all mock you, right? They're all in business with the CCP, but they mock the hinter they mock the hinterland of this nation. They no bailout in East Palestine, Ohio. But Bill Ackman, Andrew Yang, they're all sitting there. If you don't do this, innovation is going to be destroyed for ten years. You have to come and bail them out. Your money. You take you you protect them on the downside, and they take all the upside. Are you part of these? Uh, uh, t- tech funds? Are you part of these venture capital funds? You have the upside. This is Elon Musk. Elon Musk would come to the White House to beg me to get in to see Trump, and we would always say no. Beg me to have all these subsi- all these subsidies for all of his. It's like the old Clinton Gore. That's all like Obama Gore stuff. You know, all the all the venture capital is being bailed out by tax. And I said it's not going to happen. I said you've got the venture capital. Haven't it's just about money. Have them put money in. Have them put. They got plenty of cash. Put the cash in. What he doesn't want is dilution of his ownership. You, you basically the subsidies protect their downside, and they keep unlimited upside. This is what's called the socialization of risk, and you're the sucker because the government continues to do this, and they're all in business. When they leave government, they all go to work on the boards. They all go to work as advisors. It's a corrupt. Corrupt crony capitalism, Elon Musk. And by, and by the way, when we cut him off, he went begging. He went begging the CCP, and that's why they have the joint venture in Shanghai, the Tesla, which is 100% of his value, right? This guy lives on government contracts and taxpayer subsidies, okay? It's all night. We're going to get Joe Allen in here for a second. Elon Musk, once again, brother, uh, I'm smart enough to tell you no to your face, and I'm evil enough to be able to expose you as a running dog for the greatest enemy this nation's ever had. You're a war profiteer. You're, in, you're sleeping with the enemy, brother. And you've been doing it because all you, you, you're not an American nationalist. You're not even an American. All you are is a globalist, okay? A globalist. And you will go where everybody, anybody writes you a check, and you, wouldn't, you would take it from Adolf Hitler himself because you're taking it from people that are as bad as Adolf Hitler. The murderous regime of the Chinese Communist Party, which you praised on their 100th anniversary. Let me bring in Natalie Winters. Natalie, uh, Elon Musk, the fa- he's been a fanboy of the CCP uh, pretty intensely, has he not, ma'am? 
Well, I think you're letting him off easy by calling him a subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party, because I think that gives him too much power. I think a more apt comparison would be calling him a tributary state, because that's exactly what you see from him. You know, it seems like every month or so he comes out with a comment effectively praising the Chinese Communist Party. Remember, he also uh, really made waves when he said China rocks. And then he went on to disparage the United States and American workers, saying we were entitled and lazy. There's also have been a lot of reports about how he met with very high-level Chinese Communist Party diplomats, and he told them that he loved China and wanted to visit more, uh, and they allegedly offered him citizenship, a green card, uh, and he thought that that was a great idea. So this is someone who is not just deeply embedded in business with the Chinese Communist Party, um, but someone who makes it, I think, very clear publicly that he supports the regime. And it's no surprise because the regime, the Chinese Communist Party, has time and time and time again really given him special treatment. Um, obviously, Western companies have these sweetheart deals with the Chinese Communist Party to get access to the country. Um, but I think Tesla and Elon Musk really represent a whole other level. And I don't just mean that because he received you know, over $1.5 billion in funds from Chinese state-owned banks to help build that factory in Shanghai. Um, but it was one of only a few hundred companies that was actually given authority by the Chinese Communist Party to reopen during the shutdowns that they implemented pretty draconianly throughout COVID-19. Um, and again, you know, Tencent, which is a very important company that people should know about, um, it's not only been flagged by various United States federal government agencies as really operating as a tool of the Chinese Communist Party, but it really represents how China seeks to use technology to really expand their, their global uh, hegemony, really to replace the United States in terms of the global wor world order. And Tencent has put, I believe it's $1.8 billion um, into Tesla in terms of, of uh, stock. And again, it just goes to, I think, my, my primary point, which is that not only do the business ties that Elon Musk retains with the Chinese Communist Party really nullify his ability to act in any form of opposition to what the Chinese Communist Party wants, but it really goes a step beyond that because there really is a close relationship there that he publicly praises this country. And he knows that the future of his business, Tesla, really lies in China. They make up about a quarter of the company's sales now, but China being the largest electric vehicle market in the world, um, he's not just going to bite the hand that feeds them, um, but I really think he's he knows better than to bite the hand that controls him, too. Natalie, uh, you've done more than any investigative reporter across the board, the great work you did with Raheem and National Pulse and now at War Room. Um, isn't this the emblematic of what our problem is in that you have a regime in Beijing that has made it its number one priority to take down the United States of America and her citizens and subjugate them? And you have at every level, right, our elites that are in business with them, affiliated with them, helping them. Uh, promote their program, and Elon Musk being one of the worst, if not the worst. But isn't isn't it what what he's done is difference in degree because it's so intense. And like you said, even to the fact of hey, give me a green card, you know, I'd love to be a citizen. Um, but that but that across the board was the tech elite. We've seen this in Silicon Valley Bank, which I you know I said probably a third of the companies somehow have relationships or either owned by really the Chinese Communist Party and said, Hey, I think it's fifty percent. Isn't this emblematic of a deeper cancer that we have in this country that's metastasizing, ma'am? 
Of course. And the Chinese Communist Party is a very, very strategic investor, and they expect, obviously, a very high form of ROI on their investments. But I think where it really gets interesting and really, I think, dangerous in terms of threatening America's national security is what exactly does return on investment look uh, look like to the Chinese Communist Party? Because you're not just talking about monetary interests there. People have to understand that the Chinese Communist Party is and has been at war with the United States for decades. And the way that they go about doing this is not through boots on the ground kinetic warfare. It's economic warfare. It's legal warfare. It's psychological warfare. It's media warfare. These aren't conspiracy theories. These are aspects and tactics of modern, you know, really 21st century warfare that are enshrined within the code of the People's Liberation Army. And one of the primary ways that they go about doing this is, of course, economic warfare and really the idea of infiltration as opposed to invasion. And when they can have people like Elon Musk, right, the figureheads of these companies, um, really acting as sort of proxies of their interests, like I said, tributary states paying tribute to them. It's a very, very, very high ROI in a way that not only advances their financial interests, but really allows them to broaden their control over the United States uh, politically, but really through certain vessels, right? Think of Elon Musk sort of as a Hunter Biden type figure in the sense that the Chinese Communist Party has really selected him as sort of one of their golden golden children um, and plowed a ton, a ton, a ton of money um, into him. And like I said, they expect a very, very, very high ROI. The Chinese Communist Party is not a fool when it comes to who they identify. And, and on that, you know, you talk about Sequoia Capital, right? They put in about $800 million to back uh, his purchase of Twitter. And Sequoia Capital is one of these companies that gets thrown around a lot um, and rightly so branded as sort of a proxy of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, but this is a company who among their investments is, you know, the parent company of TikTok, ByteDance. They have DJI, which is a sanctioned drone maker because it collaborates with China's military. They also have Alibaba and uh, Ant Financial, which are really the backbone of a lot of China's, China's social credit score system. And of course, the genomics firm BGI, which used COVID tests here. They tried to deploy it in the United States to gather genetic information on Americans. Um, that's who comprises the investments of Sequoia Capital. And it's no surprise because the figurehead of that company is an individual by the name of Neil Shen, um, who not only is obviously deeply tied to the Chinese Communist Party, um, but this is someone who used to serve on the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. And I know that's a mouthful, but this is the oversight body of what's called the United Front Work Department, whose sole purpose is to basically identify Westerners and Western elites um, to compromise and to have pushed the policy lines and the agenda of the Chinese Communist Party. So when you give it the fact that his company gave Elon Musk $800 million to purchase Twitter and you see the way that Elon Musk acts and refuses to let on actual harsh critics of the Chinese Communist Party back onto the platform, um, I would love to know how the Chinese Communist Party could have Elon Musk act in any more of a favorable way towards them, because essentially everything that he's doing um, is helping to prop them up. And I would say the latest example of that is him attacking you as evil and smart, because you know what, Steve? He is right. You are an evil person uh, if the person that you're talking about is the Chinese Communist Party, because you've done more than most to take them down. I, I disagree. I don't, I don't personally don't think you're evil. But I mean, what he said is, is essentially coming out of the mouth of the Chinese Communist Party. 
A hundred percent, no doubt. Uh, Natalie, and it's your uh, incredible work uh, that you did with Raheem over National Pulse in the day is really the tip of the spear. How do people get to you on social media? Because I know this is going to blow up. Because Natalie Winters, right there, and I took. I think she took six minutes. She just shredded. She just shredded Elon Musk, okay, the golden child of the CCP. Uh, how do people get to you, Natalie? I am Natalie G. Winters on Getter, Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. And I guess as of now, I'm still on Twitter at Natalie G. Winters. We'll see after I uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, thank you very much. Thank you for changing around Saturday to join us. Appreciate it. <laughs> we know more about Elon Musk and his involvement with the CCP than he knows himself. There's been many investigations of Elon Musk because he is a national security threat to this nation, okay? He has sold out. He's not an American, but he's sold out the American people, okay? I don't care if he's got a green card. I don't care if he's got a passport. He's not an American, okay? He sold out this nation to the worst dictatorship in human history, and he sold out the Chinese people. Elon, ask your paymaster today when are you going to launch Twitter in China? When are you going to launch Twitter in China? When are you going to make it your free speech absolutist that the Chinese people, because they're Chinese or Asian, don't matter? When are you going to launch it, brother? Short commercial break. Joe Allen's going to be in next in the war room. Hearts, do you really believe that you are helping deliver that exciting future for X and for others? I mean, I'm trying my hardest to do so. I love humanity, and I think that we should fight for a good future for humanity. And I think we should be optimistic about the future and fight to make that optimistic, optimistic future happen. I'm very confident about Tesla's future in China. Uh, the Chinese economy, I think, is going to do extremely well over the next decade and uh, will become the biggest economy in the world. And it's also committed to a sustainable energy future. And Tesla is doing both of those things. China, I think, long term will be uh, our biggest market, both where we make the most number of vehicles and where we have the most number of customers. And do, do you think there will be basically, like, in, say, say, 2050 or whatever, that like a, a, a a robot in most homes is, is what they will be, and people yeah, will, 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 will love will. them and count on them. Yeah, you'll have your sort of buddy robot, probably. Yeah. I mean, how much of a buddy? Do you, like, do you, do you, how, how many applications do you thought? Is there, you know, can you have a romantic partner, a sex partner? I mean, a lot of it's probably inevitable. It could be a pretty yeah. rapid replacement of certain types of jobs. How worried should the world be about that? I wouldn't worry about the, the sort of putting people out of a job thing. AI will make jobs kind of pointless. Probably the last job that will remain will be doing writing AI software, and then eventually the AI will just write its own software. That's why I think long term that there will need to be a universal basic income. Um, yeah. The obsession with truth is why I studied physics, uh, because physics attempts to understand the the truth, the truth of the universe. Um, and you see where things are going with virtual reality um, and augmented reality. And if you extrapolate that out into the future with any rate of progress at all, then eventually those games will be indistinguishable from reality. They'll be so realistic, you will not be able to tell the difference between that game and the reality as we know it. Well, how do we know that that didn't happen in the past and that we're not in one of those games ourselves? Welcome back to maybe the not-so-smart but pure evil of Stephen K. according to Elon Musk. 
Elon, just understand something, brother. We know more about your financial situation than you actually know yourself and how you are owned. And I think Natalie says it best. You're, you're, you're a tributary state worse than a wholly owned subsidiary. But on transhumanism, um, you've been waiting for this fight for quite a while, have you not, Joe Allen? He took the bait. Of how, how, talk, talk to me about him as a transhumanist. Yeah, Steve, I mean, it's been almost two years now that we've tried to drill into people's heads that the transhumanist ideology that Elon Musk is running on is over and above any of the sort of cultural elements and over and above any of the sort of political allegiances that he's forming. Breitbart famously said that uh, politics are downstream of culture. I would say that culture is downstream of worldviews. Culture is downstream of religion. Elon Musk is an avowed atheist, and although he has never used the word transhumanist, much like Yuval Noah Harari, he undoubtedly is the transhumanist that Yuval Noah Harari describes. Uh, you know, there was, uh, there's been a lot of talk about AI. There's been a lot of talk about how, on the right and the left, how you have to adopt AI in order to compete going forward, whether it's a chatbot or whether it's financial analysis or whether it's art generation or whether it's for warfare. The idea is that human beings have to have AI to compete. And Elon Musk, being someone who is very familiar with evolutionary theory, in fact, that seems to be one of his motivating principles, uh, about two weeks ago uh, tweeted, AI plus human versus AI plus human is the next phase. But the human part will decrease in relevance over time, except perhaps as will like our limbic system is to our cortex. And what he means by that is that the next phase of human evolution will be cyborgs, the sort of cyborgs that he would like to see created using devices like Neuralink, and that no human being will be relevant in that milieu, in that environment, unless they are linked to AI. It will just be cyborg versus cyborg in the future. And maybe most importantly there, he talks about how human beings will be less relevant going forward, just as our limbic system or our mammalian brain is less relevant uh, in, in comparison to our cortex. Like when you look at a dog as compared to a human. And we will be, in essence, in his worldview, dogs as compared to the cyborgs. That is the worldview yeah. driving him to create the culture that he's had an enormous impact on. Right. He's a culture king. It can't be doubted. And that culture then is bleeding over into politics. And you see all these conservative ink guys you know, bending over backwards to ingratiate themselves to him because they're going to get a few extra likes on Twitter, I guess. Uh, no. I, 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 for me, Steve, for him to call you smart and evil, he's a man obsessed with intelligence. So he knows intelligence when he sees it. But ultimately, in his worldview... That intelligence means nothing compared to artificial no. intelligence. That will be the new yeah. god. No, as no, far no, as no, evil no. goes, make sure you, you don't. Hold on, hold on. Make sure. Yeah, but, but you are <laughs> honest, and he is not an honest man. Make sure you remember. He said, "I used to think Bannon was smart and evil. Now I just think he's evil." So that's fine. We're good on that. We're all good. <laughs> he took the bait. He made he made the fundamental problem that any because he's like an eleven year old boy. He made the problem eleven year old boy. He took the bait. Now that you took the bait, brother, you're going to have to stand up and deliver because we're going to shred you every freaking day because you have sold this country out to partner with the most evil dictatorship in world history. Joe, how do people get to you? What's your social media? 
Uh, you can find me at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z at Twitter and Gitter. Twitter, as long as I'm there, Elon. Uh, website, jobot.xyz, and at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab. Uh, you know, as I've said before, Steve, if you take Elon Musk seriously, you are living in a simulation. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joe Allen. Fantastic. Okay, next hour, we're going to take a short commercial break, 90 seconds. We're going to come back. We're going to get to buy, what caused the collapse of SVB. It's the massive federal spending, the Federal Reserve's kicking interest rates, all of it. We're going to have Richard Stern from Heritage to talk about what Biden has in store with you, this massive budget that's out of control. It's going to destroy the economy of the United States. Also, Congressman Matt Rosendale from Montana is going to join us to talk about the Syria vote. It's the collapse of the neoliberal neocon world order. It's all right in front of you, and we're going to make sure that you fully understand it. Short commercial break. We'll be back. Make sure, by the way, go to birchgold.com slash uh, Bannon. Make sure you go there and get your free The Debt Trap, the third in the series. you got to get this. Also, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM, MyPillow 2.0. Sleep the sleep of the just. I did eight hours of TV yesterday. I'm up fresh as a daisy this morning. You know why? The products of MyPillow, MyPillow.com. Stick around. The second hour, we're going to get Heritage here to talk about the collapse of the American economy through Biden's budget. Next in the war room. The CCP. 